when white America catches a cold, black America gets pneumonia. That is so crazy. That's a very powerful quote. It is. It really is. And we're seeing that with coronavirus. And Mocha Mamas is a candid conversation led by two moms of color about race, culture, justice, and social change. We believe that there is power and value when a variety of voices come together to engage in this very important conversation. So no matter what your experience or background may be, there's a place for you at Mocha Mamas. All we ask is that you come ready to learn and that you are always respectful of others. We hope you're ready because the conversation starts now. Welcome back to Mocha Mamas. My name is Inez. I am the Mocha Mamas host, and I'm here with Christy, our Mocha Mamas co-host. Today, hi, everyone. Hi. Sorry, I just mulled <laughs> right over you. Hi, Christy. We're glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> so today we are uh, going to be talking about coronavirus, as we have been doing for a few episodes. And specifically, we want to talk about how it's affecting the Black community. And so we're going to share some information that you may or may not have heard about, but uh, coronavirus is impacting the Black community at disproportionate rates. So according to the CDC, which they have recently started to come out with information regarding ethnic groups, And so according to the CDC, 33% of COVID-19 hospitalizations, so this is only hospitalizations, not confirmed cases, 33% have been non-Hispanic Black people. And of the areas that are studied, Black people make up just 18% of the population. So that's a huge difference, right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And so we want to talk about that. I want to share this quote that I had come across. It's a, um, it's a, it's a popular uh, African saying that says, when white America catches a cold, black America gets pneumonia. That is so crazy. That's a very powerful quote. It is. It really is. And we're seeing that with coronavirus and how, uh, People and, and again, those numbers that I shared isn't specifically talking about the percentages of that contract or they're actually getting the virus, but those are disproportionate as well. And you can look at that information state by state and um, kind of see even here in California, there is a, a disparity. Uh, our Black population is really small. I think it's like six percent maybe um but in in our i don't know if that's california but our county i recently participated on a call with the um, naacp and they were talking about specific to our area and they were saying i believe it's in my county it's like six percent black americans and it's not as major of a jump as the numbers Mm -hmm. i gave from cdc but it's still uh 11 of the cases have been Wow. So it's just like, 
it's just it's just crazy yeah uh so i want to start off by asking you christy uh, because you are a black woman. And so I would love to hear from you and how, how does this disparity, like knowing that, knowing the, the statistics, the, the numbers that are out there specific to the black community, how does that affect you? Like, does it have an effect on your, on your uh, mentally, emotionally, or what have you? Well, I mean, it's not surprising Mm-hmm. Because we already have, you know, disparities in the medical community for people of color anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like expected. But at the same time, yeah, it does weigh on you a little bit. Especially right now, me, I know that I have to go to the doctor a lot. I have to go to the hospital a lot because I'm about to have a baby soon. So um, yeah. that's kind of scary, too, because there already is that. Um, disparity when it comes to black women having babies and dying already. So it's kind of like, what kind of precautions can I take Mm -hmm. personally? So you're always thinking about it double, like checking behind yourself. So it kind of gets a little crazy mentally for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm already kind of like anxious about a lot of things anyway. (laughs) So throwing this virus on top of it, it doesn't make it any better. Um, and then like like you were talking about the different numbers and things like that, those numbers might seem small when you look at them, but they're really large when you're thinking about the number of people that are actually dying. Um, I know like because we hear numbers every day on the news, that's why I kind of stopped watching the news. It kind of right. gets to the point where you're like not feeling anything for it, but these are people that are dying. So it's like really sad and it can weigh on you emotionally to think about all these people that we're losing every single day. Um, and recently, yes, I think it was like two days ago, I saw an article. I'll try to find it so I can send it to you, um, where a, a black lady was denied the test like multiple times and she died from the virus. So things was like that. Was that the lady that was a, she was a nurse or something, right? Yes. 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 I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. So when you hear stories like that, it's like you're not surprised because whenever we speak out about things that we might be feeling, we're not taken seriously until we're dying. So it's like even worse to see this continue on such a large scale. Yeah, I and I believe if if we're talking about the same story, which I think we are, that woman um, she had requested, I think it was five times. Is that what you said? A total of five times yeah. she requested the mm-hmm. test. And it wasn't until she passed out on the floor that they, or something like that, that they yeah. mm-hmm. went ahead and saw her. It's like, wow. And, and she's a medical right. professional. And so right. which, there is also a large number of cases are in so sad. It's, it's, this is sad as well. I mean, it's sad that anyone is, this whole situation is sad, but you know, the people that are caring for people with coronavirus mm-hmm. are contracting it at a, at a large rate as well. And so you have yeah. those, that factor that she's a nurse, like, mm-hmm. hello. Um, yeah, but you're right. There is, there's, there's research out there that says that doctors are less likely to listen to a person of color or, or specifically black people um, about their concerns. And that is something that is a concern. Like one of the reasons why I think we've talked about this before that 
the infant mortality rate is higher in the Black community. One of those reasons is because doctors are less likely to listen to a Black mother over uh, yeah. with her concerns. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And it's happening and it's, you're right. It doesn't matter how many times it does. The numbers don't matter. Like one time is too many times um, Too many times for this right. to be going on. And so it's just, it's really sad. It's crazy. And so we want to talk about this because we believe it's important to educate people on it and, um, so that people have the information and you can, you know, people can take it out there and share and let people know this is what's going on. And, um, and then so we can also help members of the black community in, in speaking up. And um, even though their, their hesitations are 1 million percent justifiable. Um, yes. So, well, let's, I want to talk a little bit about some of the reasons why Black Americans are contracting the virus at disproportionate rates. Um, so, you know, because you'll hear people say, well, you know, the coronavirus doesn't discriminate, like, which is true. It does not. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone, anyone can get it. But there are some really important key reasons why the Black community specifically is contracting it at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of those reasons, it, low income, I almost, I kind of he- I, I hesitated to even, I was going to skip over this one, but since we didn't, I didn't tell you in advance, I thought, oh, I better say it in case she comes back to it. Um, <laughs> so I hesitate to say this because I brought this up in a conversation the other day on Facebook. I got sucked into a, a, a thread and... Um, and I mentioned this and then this person, somebody read what I had said and, and went to the place of assuming that, of saying, making the assumption that um, black people are all on government assistance. And, and then she kind of turned it around to me like, well, that's what you, I assumed that's what you meant when you said they have lower income. So I kind of, I hesitated to bring that one up because when I say that, I'm not saying it. I, I the reason why low income, you know, Black Americans do um, have, as a whole, not all of them, but as a whole, they they are have a lower income than white Americans, for example. And so, because of that, and I think some of these other things we're going to discuss really kind of can fall under that um, as reasons uh, that things that happen because of the lower income, but because of that, then there's less access to certain things, right? That, that, um, yeah. that maybe other people have access to. So I want to make it clear. I'm not in any way saying that it's because they're on government assistance or that's not what no. I'm saying. Right. Um, but no, I it, get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how oh, well. she twisted that around. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's so, so yeah, so having a lower income, um, that is one thing that attributes to them getting the virus at disproportionate rates. Inferior healthcare, which we we touched on that. I have a quote here mm-hmm. from the new the New Yorker that says, "Black people are poorer, 
more likely to be underemployed, condemned to substandard housing, which we're going to talk about that, and given inferior health care because of their race, mm-hmm. which is what we were talking about. They, yeah. they just, they have substandard health care. They don't get the same level of health care um, as white people. Um, another thing that goes along with the healthcare system is their distrust of the healthcare system. And yeah, and this kind of, this goes back to, and if you're not familiar with this, I recommend you research it and read up about it because it's real. It's true. It happens. But this goes back to black people being treated like guinea pigs and being tested, you know, um, for the, I mean, there's some really, really crazy things that have gone on, um, in the medical field historically with black, with the black community. And so that has just built this, um, underlying feeling of distrust of the healthcare system. And I, maybe you could speak to that more than I can, Christy. Like, is that something that you saw in your own family or in, um, people that you like your own community? like that distrust for healthcare? Well, a lot of these things that you're talking about, I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did come from like a rural, small area um, mm-hmm. community where there was a lot of like separation anyway between black and white people. And so like, <clears throat> our, like the one hospital that was in our area, we don't go to. <laughs> we drive, like, unless it's really? like an entire emergency, like you're like a literally about to die. We will avoid wow. it at all costs because you'll sit in there for hours and hours. So it doesn't matter. Um, the quality of care there is not good. They'll end up either sending you somewhere else anyway or um, trying to just give you like a prescription for something to say, oh, this is just a, this is just this. It's not what you think it is. And worse than what it, what it actually, you know, worse than what they said it is. And so we don't even go there. We would never go there. Like, I would never tell my dad, hey, go to this hospital. Like, now, no. We drive out of town to the the better hospitals because that's just how it is there. Um, I I can definitely um, understand what it's like to live in an area where you don't trust your health care. Or like you know, like the other things that you were talking about um, as well, like the lower income areas, what that opens up um, for us to have to deal with, like not having good food, good quality, healthy food, and stuff like that to take care of yourselves and stuff like that. So right, that's actually what the post that I was referencing that I got sucked into. Um, that that's actually exactly what it was saying, and um, I'm not going to read it, but I actually, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get into that, but. Um, <laughs> It was basically someone that I know, so, you know, and, and I know, like, she's a, she's a super nice, sweet person. I know that she didn't mm-hmm. mean anything by it out, and her mind didn't even go to, like, where my mind went, which is right. why I spoke up, but she shared a, a post of someone else. It wasn't her own. It was, like, a snapshot of somebody else's Facebook post or Twitter or something like that, and it said... Um, it was something to the effect of, I live a healthy lifestyle, therefore I'm not going to get coronavirus was the Im- implication there. Um, okay. And, you know, people are in there, you're trying to take my freedoms away because of people 
who don't have a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is what it definitely mm-hmm. what it was saying. Right. <laughs> um, and so, so, okay. So then do I have the right to force them to live a healthy lifestyle? And I was like, wow. Like it just, <laughs> it reeked of privilege. Like, right. I was just like, well, and I knew, like I said, this person is so sweet. The person that shared it and, you know, she was just like, the, you know, before you think this is mean or uncaring, um, think about it. And so I, and, and I know, like, I know she meant nothing bad, nothing. She did not have bad intentions in sharing mm-hmm. that. Like that, obviously that resonated with her. And so I just spoke up and shared, I was like, I, I passed it by first. And I was like, I oh, know I got to say something. <laughs> so I went back. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure it was like the next day that I said something. <laughs> I saw it like at night and I was like, nope. And then the next day I was like, I'm going to say something. <laughs> and so I just like, I tried to craft it very kindly and just like, hey, let me offer you a different perspective. And I kind of gave a brief synopsis of how this is affecting specifically the Black community at disproportionate rates. And I, and that's when I mentioned the income and the reason being that they don't have exactly like what you just said, because of income, people without income don't have the same access to people that have more income, like food, um, even, you know, supplements and all these, these essential oils and all these things, right. that, you know, uh, boosting your, I see so many things right now, people talking about boosting your immune system and with all these things that poor people cannot afford. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not a matter of them. It's not even a matter of them not wanting a healthy lifestyle. It's in some ways, it's like they're just trying to survive. Exactly. So yeah, that's a that's a good point. That um, I wish I had saw that post. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. You know, and, and like I said, she's a really nice person. And and I have to say, like, the exchanges on there didn't get, like, they were, people were pretty kind to each other. It wasn't, like, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> I was, like, uh, and it just, and, and I did point that out, like, that it was, it was a privileged perspective. Right. And, um, and that's what I hope one of the things that we accomplish in the show is bringing out that other perspective. And so people can look at something like that and recognize like, you know, well, this is not everybody's reality. Right. Right. Yeah. So another factor of why black Americans are more likely, or excuse me, are contracting the virus at a disproportionate rate is because of close proximity. So black communities tend to live in closer proximity of one another, whether it's like multiple people. And I think we see this also, um, there's not as many numbers right now with the uh, Latinx community, but um, but it's the same thing there, you know, like there's a lot of um, families living with family, you know, you have, yeah. mo- you, mm-hmm. you have more than one household within a household. Right. And, um, and so that's one reason. And even uh, be due to the lower income. So you have a lot of them living in, um, 
either public housing or they're living in apartments. You know, they can't afford how they're not they can't afford the house um, or what have you. So they're just like they come in closer contact with people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as easy to isolate. Right. Um, many uh, many black people are are essential workers. Right. Exactly. So they have a greater exposure because there are grocers and our cashiers mm-hmm. and, you know, um, they're, del- I thought of this the other day. Uh, I mean, I've had other, I've had all colors delivered to my house, but <laughs> I ordered Instacart um, and it was a, a, a black man had come to my door and I, and I thought about this and I was thinking like how many people, uh, you know, that just maybe they're out of a job right now or don't have the, the same means or they're not still getting a paycheck like I am or what have right. you and they're yeah. out there you know dude he's he went to the grocery store because I don't want to you know mm-hmm. um, black Americans utilize public transportation in greater numbers than white Americans mm-hmm. so again increased exposure um, so these are all reasons why the black community is contracting this at at, at disproportionate rates. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, think it, on one of your articles too, it kind of mentioned those who are incarcerated and homeless. Yes. Thank um, you for bringing that up. Yes. Yeah. Cause that's also like a, a lot of, um, I think it was like 40 something. I can't remember the exact uh-huh, number. 40 percent. Forty percent, yep. Mm-hmm. Of African Americans make up those, those that are incarcerated and homeless, so that they are also ex- a major um, recipient of the virus too. So, and think about that forty percent. And I think I have to look at that again. Let me see. I thought that that forty percent number was specifically for homeless. I, I mean, maybe they're both forty percent. I know the incarceration one is pretty high, so maybe yeah, I can't. I can't remember the exact right. one. Yeah, but I do remember reading that the that the black community makes up forty percent of the homeless population. Let's think about that for a minute. Forty mm-hmm. percent of the homeless population is black, whereas only thirteen percent of the U.S. population is black. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yes. Wow. That is just insane. And so, yeah, was that the post about, oh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, the one about black men. It's, um, let me see if I can open it. The brother killer. That's what, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, saying that this, that this virus could be called the brother killer. Um, Charles M. Blow. I don't know if we, did we cover that one already? Like the, uh, kind of back to like the healthcare thing, just like the fact that a lot of African Americans have, you know, pre-existing conditions. Yes, and it kind of kind of ties back to what your homegirl was saying about she lives in lifestyle. But you know, like the we do, we have diabetes, high mm-hmm. blood pressure. Um, I told you, like, not even a a week before, maybe like two weeks before it got crazy. You know, my dad had open heart sh- surgery. Yeah. Uh-huh. I so, like, um, 
it's definitely something that I'm always like, you cannot go out. Like, we stay in the house, but he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so people who have, we, we, we do have more pre-existing conditions. And a lot of that's more um, kind of have to do with environment and genetics. So those are things that we can't control. Um, and then, of course, culture, the food we culture. eat and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so that also has a factor in the numbers when it comes to the COVID deaths too within that community. Yeah. And some of that goes to the poverty as well. Exactly. And, and even if, you know, you think about this, cause I even recognize there's things that like we eat or we do or whatever. That's like, when you really think about it, what goes back to like, we're not in poverty, but it goes back to poverty like this is why you know my grandma oh, right. this way exactly. or, yeah. or what have you so it's just like things that become culture and generation like it's just passed through generation generation well if you yeah. really peel it back it was out of like that's all the necessity yeah, yeah it was necessity mm-hmm. so so yeah um it's not just simply about like oh well you need to have a healthy lifestyle um, <laughs> Uh, so I am looking at that. I did pull that article up. I'm looking at it right now. And it is, it was 40% of homeless, the homeless population are black and get this. I knew it was a crazy number. Um, 73% of people in jail are black. 73. Yes. That's a very high number. 73%. That. This is enough stuff for another episode. It is. We will talk about that. And I know, I know this is a subject that you've read up on and all that. So I don't oh, know. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. That is for another episode. But let's think about that, folks. 73% of people in jail are black. And only 13% of America is black. Yeah. That is so crazy. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, yeah, but you're right. Though, Okay, so going back to that, those are things that also, um, because that that also contribute to getting coronavirus or the exposure, the risk. Right. And that directly affects the, the Black, that affects the Black community at disproportionate rates. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. So what do we do with this information, <laughs> you know? Um, I think one, number one is like, continue to educate yourself. Uh, look some of this stuff up. We'll leave some links in our show notes for articles that you can, uh, that you can read up about this. So that's one way. Another way is talk about it. And, and I think there's two reasons why we need to talk about it. Number one is to help educate other people. So for exposure on this and, um, like we said, one life is too, like every life matters. Mm -hmm. And, um, I personally, and this is why I will speak up when I see, like I said the other day in that, that post that I saw and like, this is why personally I'm speaking up because I consider myself an advocate for the marginalized. And for me, when I look at the coronavirus situation and and I look at you know how do we proceed from here should we all be out of our homes now and all stuff like I 
have to take this into account and in how I view and how I operate and, and the decisions that I make for my household because mm-hmm. it is that important to me. And um, so we have to share this information with, with other people and gain exposure on this so that people are aware of how this is affecting our Black community. Um, and then another reason why I think that talking about it is important is to specifically help the black community. So like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a person of color, but I'm not black. And so it's maybe easy for me to say, go to the doctor, go to, you know, like um, maybe I don't fully understand the hesitations there, but talking about it is saying like, Hey, you know, um, man. And I think about that nurse and I think like she was advocating for herself. It's kind of hard to say, advocate for yourself, speak up. But, uh, but in the same way, it's like, um, it's either if you don't, you know, it's kind of like, well, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, and this makes me actually want to cry saying this, thinking about this, like, unfortunately for that woman, she did speak up and she still lost her life. Yeah. But, um, but if you don't speak up, you might lose your life, you know? So it's like, um, I think we need to talk about it to encourage the black community and I know, and, and look at your own community and what services are available for you. I know like in mind, they're very aware of this disparity and they're, um, the medical, the professionals in our area are reaching out and wanting to let put black people's minds at ease. Like, please, if you're showing symptoms, please come to the doctor. We are prepared to take care of you. And so I think one thing that we can do is look at our own communities and see how our own communities are aware of the situation. What are they doing? Are they reaching out? And, um, and then we can go from there and let, and, and kind of spread the word for our, um, for our friends and family and, and neighbors and whomever else in the black community, let them know like, Hey, our area, I know I can say that specifically for my area. We live in a very, I live in a very diverse area, mm-hmm. um, city, but um, like I know that like my city is aware of this disparity and they're prepared and they're wanting to reach out to the Black community and say, hey, we're here to help you. Um, and so, yeah, look into what your community has in, in um, it is a, <laughs> it's a hard situation, but look into that and talk about it. And, um, you know what, being at, like, if you're a white person listening to this and you have, you know, you know, people in the black community, why don't you step up and be an advocate for them? Right. You know, so Christy, do you have anything to add on that? (laughs) Well, no, I I agree with what you were saying. It's all about like, you're just speaking up about things, um, and supporting, you know, your, your community a lot of times we won't speak out because we feel like it doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. just joining hands with other people um, and and uh, just, you know, h- helping them to realize that, yeah, it might not change right now, but it can affect change later or somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh-huh. only way that's going to help work is if we work together. So we need each other. <laughs> Yeah, it's very well said. Very well said. Well, thank you, Christy, for uh, this is not really a fun topic to talk about, but thank you for this discussion. You're welcome. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Mocha Mamas. We really want to know what you have to say about this subject. So we invite you to join us and further the conversation in our Mocha Mamas Facebook group. You can also reach out to us on social media. We are Mocha Mamas Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you loved today's episode, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It helps us to get word out about the Mocha Mamas podcast. Thank you again for listening. And we look forward to our next conversation with you.